What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today, I'm going to be discussing my takeaways from the wild card weekend, and then I'm going to get into a topic I'm very excited to talk about, which is the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. If you know me, you know I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. I've been following him ever since he was at Clemson. He's really the only reason that I follow the Houston Texans in any sort of capacity. I think he's a great player, a great guy, and just a natural-born winner. So very excited to talk about that. I'm going to give, you know, not necessarily how I think the trades are going to, you know, shake out if he gets traded to these places because that's really been, you know, talked about already. I'm going to give you know, why I want to see him in those systems and, you know, how well I think these teams will succeed or how, you know, much growth they will see once he's there. So let's get into it. First thing, wild card weekend. This was a pretty interesting, pretty fun to watch wild card weekend. Most of the games were pretty tight. And so, you know, we we as NFL fans got a lot of good games to watch. There were a few surprise upsets, the or at least, you know, to, to the general public. I really thought the Browns were going to win, and they did. And I was really surprised to see the Rams pull out a win against the Seahawks, but we're going to get into that. First game I want to get into, though, is the Bills and the Colts game. The Bills narrowly escaped the Colts 24-27, to but they did get the win. Josh Allen looked really good, had 320 four yards through the air two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown a really good performance from him and I expected the Colts to go in here and compete with the Bills obviously the Colts are no slouch they made it to the playoffs Philip Rivers is a veteran he he knows how to play in you know these bigger games Jonathan Taylor a very solid up-and-coming back and then they have a very strong defense so I expected the game to be You know, not a blowout, but I certainly thought the margin of victory was going to be larger for the Bills. But nonetheless, they got the win, and that's the most important thing in the playoffs. You just need to win. It doesn't matter if you win by one point, and you win every game that way up until the Super Bowl. If you win, you win. That doesn't matter. So they got the win. That's the most important thing. Another added note to this was the Bills got their first playoff, you know, win in 25 years, which is a huge milestone for them and just shows how, you know, Sean McDermott has this team trending in such a positive direction, something the Bills organization hasn't seen in a quarter century. So really good for the Bills. Moving on from that, we have the Rams shock the NFL. You know, I they really shocked me. I don't think once... Um, they announced that John Wolford would be the starting quarterback. I really didn't think the Rams had a shot. Not that Wolford's, you know, a slouch or anything, but it was the second start. And the Seahawks are, you know, perennial contenders. Russell Wilson just finds a way to win games. And so I really thought the Seahawks had this in the bag, and the Rams just came in there and took it to them. Seahawks really looked bad in this game, and it was mostly because the Rams' defense shut down the Seahawks. It was just a all-out great performance from the Rams. You know, Seattle's first touchdown came and just busted coverage. Russell Wilson made a great play with his legs and then proceeded to throw an amazing ball to DK, who just got behind the safeties. So, I mean... It was really difficult for the Seahawks to get anything going on offense. And you saw it on the sideline. DK was yelling at Russell and the coaches and just frustrated because Jalen Ramsey, another, you know, just a great defensive player on that team, it has the ability to lock down these number one receivers in the NFL that people think can't be stopped. So 
really excited to see this defense go against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay next week, and I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. Moving on from that, though, we have the Buccaneers beat the Washington football team 31-23. to Now, there might have been a lot of people out there that thought this game wasn't going to be close because it's Tom Brady. He's got a super high-powered offense, and this game's going to be a blowout, especially once you know the football team announced that Taylor Heineke was going to be their starting quarterback. But let me tell you, this kid in his second NFL start played his butt off. I mean, this kid went out there and just competed like crazy. Had 352 yards of total offense, a passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. He did have an interception. But, I mean, in his second NFL start against a Todd Bowles defense that will blitz the crap out of any quarterback they play, this kid went out there and competed his butt off I mean he made an amazing rushing touchdown late in the game to keep it within one score then you know it was up to the defense they weren't able to you know contain the Buccaneers enough and then or they I mean they held them to a field goal then the football team got it back but they just didn't have enough time but really an amazing game to watch from a football team a lot of people did not expect much out of this season Ron Rivera really turned this team around fast and I really think they're a quarterback away from being legitimate contenders because all you need in the NFL to be, you know, a really good team, you know, there's multiple formulas to doing it. And I think the formula for the football team, the Washington football team, is they have a strong and stout defense with a defensive minded coach, but they just need that spark on offense, a guy that can win them games when the defense isn't able to hold these, you know, high powered offenses out of the in, out of the end zone as much as they would like. And so I really think they're just a quarterback away from being there. I mean, you give this team a quarterback, you maybe put one more weapon on there. Logan Thomas has turned out to be great. Terry McLaurin is really good. You put maybe like you know, not a marquee name receiver, but just someone that's a little bit better on that team. And you put a quarterback in there that can sling the ball and is just a great offensive player. This team, I mean, who I, I think they could beat anyone because that's how much respect I have for this defense. Moving on from that one, the Ravens come from behind to beat the Titans 20 to 13. I don't know if you guys were watching this game. But when it started off, A.J. Brown made an amazing catch in the end zone for the Titans to go up 7-0. Then Lamar gets the ball back, throws an interception, I believe, you know, early in that drive. And then the Titans get up 10-0. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to get ugly because when the the Ravens aren't built to come from behind and the Titans do really well when up because, you know, Derrick Henry, you can just ground and pound run the clock, score points, and it's really hard for teams to come from behind. Kudos to the Ravens' defense for just locking down Derrick Henry. They did a phenomenal job, and even limiting A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill after that first touchdown, they did a really good job. Lamar, you know, gets his first playoff win, so we'll see. You know, maybe it's a snowball effect and he continues to roll. He had 136 rushing yards and a touchdown. That's really what you know, flip this game was Lamar Jackson had like a 40-some yard touchdown run when it was starting to look ugly 
for the Ravens. So that was a huge momentum shifter. And after that, they really didn't, you know, <laughs> take a look back. They just kept rolling forward, kept scoring points, kept locking up the Titans. And it was really, you know, a emotionally charged game because the teams had played a few weeks ago and there was a lot of drama there. You know, Malcolm Butler was chirping at um, the Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh. So, a lot of a lot of animosity between these two teams. I mean, they didn't even shake hands after the game. So that just tells you how, you know, personal this was to them. And it was just a really, you know, great win for the Ravens. And we'll see what they continue to do against the Bills this week. Moving on from that one, the Saints dominate the Bears 21-9. to The score does not tell you how bad this game was. And it really wasn't that bad going into halftime. It was only 7-3. to but then the Saints dominated in the second half, having a seven and a half minute drive and then a nine minute drive. I mean, they took up so much time of possession in that second half. It was ridiculous. Even if the Bears would have been able to score, they wouldn't have had time to. I mean, the Bears made it look a little bit better with a touchdown on the very last play of the game. But other than that, this game was the Saints game the whole way. I will say that, you know, Wims, the wide receiver for the Bears, dropping that trick play touchdown in the end zone, if he would have caught that, this game would have been a completely different story, I believe. I think that was just that momentum shift, that haymaker that the Bears needed, and dude didn't come up with it. And honestly, if I'm the Bears, I'm thinking about cutting that kid because, for one, he dropped that ball, and for two, he's only only reason he's known is for punching C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the face the first time these teams played and getting ejected and giving them, you know, 15 yards. So, if I'm the Bears, I'm seriously considering cutting that kid because he's done nothing for your franchise but maybe screw you over a couple times. And then... The big one, the big game, I am so, you know, watching that game, I had a smile on my face. I don't like to have bias, but I'm not a huge Steelers fan, and I, you know, I'm a huge, and I like Baker, so don't like to have bias, but I can't, I can't help it here. I was just very happy to see the Browns destroy the Steelers 48 to 37, and if you didn't watch this game, 48 to 37 doesn't sound that bad, but that was as close as the Steelers got to the Browns, you know, tying the Browns for the lead of this game after about, you know, what, five minutes in the first quarter. So, yeah, this game was really bad. The Steelers did not come to play, and it showed from the very beginning with the botched snap that Cleveland recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. Big Ben threw four interceptions. I mean, it was just a really ugly performance from the Steelers, and which was surprising because you know a Mike Tomlin coach team you expect excellence out of and you also expected a team who hadn't been able to practice because their facility was shut down and the Browns was going to come out there and be a little sluggish I mean heck they didn't have their head coach they didn't have their offensive line coach they didn't have a lot of things and you know a couple of their guys went down with injuries and they were still able to go out there and just absolutely destroy the Steelers had a 28-0 lead at the end of the first quarter which is insane Baker Mayfield had three touchdowns Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb ran hard got a couple touchdowns themselves I mean just an all-out all-out dominating performance from the Browns 
Really excited to see what they do against the Chiefs this coming week. A lot of people are writing them off because it's the Chiefs, but a lot of people wrote them off versus the Steelers. And I'll say this. History has a tendency to repeat itself. Now, I'm not saying the Browns are going to go out there and they're going to beat the Chiefs. But when teams are constantly written off and overlooked, they go out and they perform at a much better level than they normally do. And with this team, they're so, you know, they've had, I mean, they're the Browns. They're historically bad. And so being doubted like they're being doubted now can really come back and bite other teams in the butt. So all I'm saying is to the Chiefs, make sure you come with your A game because I think this Browns team is no slouch. So moving on into our main topic, did the Sean Watson trade rumors. If you've been following the NFL world, you've seen Deshaun Watson is basically wanting out of you know, the Texans organization. And if you're not familiar with the situation, basically Deshaun Watson was very unhappy with the Texans beforehand because obviously you know bill o'brien botched this whole season you know last year they were they beat the bills and they were up 24-0 on the chiefs in the playoffs and so you expected this team to come into this year you know being very good at least after you know they lost that game bill o'brien you know completely screwed up this team and they ended up being the third worst team in the nfl and they don't have the rights to their draft pick they traded that away to um miami for laramie tunzel and you know in the heat of the moment, it didn't seem like that bad of an idea because you thought it was going to be a high draft pick and you were getting a very talented player in Laramie Tunzel to protect your franchise guy and Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, obviously the season didn't go their way. Deshaun Watson was already, you know, a little upset about that. So was J.J. Watt. I just feel like this whole team is really shattered right now. And then the Texans owner, Cal McNair, told Deshaun he would be involved in the hiring process of the new GM and the new head coach. And then Deshaun Watson end up ended up finding out about his, you know, new GM hire over social media. And then he was also frustrated with, you know, the racial issues because Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy I'm probably botching his last name, wasn't interviewed for the head coaching job. Like that dude obviously should be your first option as a NFL head coach. I mean, he's leading one of the most prolific offenses ever alongside Andy Reid, and you're not going to interview him when you literally have, you know, in the NFL right now, if you're, you know, starting a franchise, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, who else would you want? Deshaun Watson. He's fantastic, you know, and before this year, a lot of people knew he was good, but you really, you know, you a few people were iffy on him. I knew he was good, but a few people were iffy on him. After this season, there is no doubt left that this dude is a, is a dude. This dude can play football at the highest level. And so to not to lie to him blatantly is just a an awful idea and to not give him, you know, it, at least give him a shot at having a offensive genius as his head coach is a disservice to this guy. So, you know, trade rumors have now been swirling. Uh, Deshaun Watson has, you know, talked or talked to people close in his circle about not being happy with the Texans. He's broached teammates about 
you know, possibly being traded this offseason. A lot of, you know, guys on his team have, you know, posted farewells or like no matter what happens this offseason, we're still going to be buds because they know Deshaun Watson's leaving. Or at least, you know, that's the consensus around the NFL. This dude does not want to be dragged down by this awful organization anymore. And then the Texans should want to move Deshaun. If not because, you know, for the betterment of Deshaun Watson's group, for the betterment of your organization, Deshaun Watson is an amazing talent, right? But you have him on an awful team right now. An awful team. What the Texans need to do, they were in a position to win a year ago, two years ago, and Bill O'Brien came in there and he messed them up. They are completely, you know, excuse my language, but they're fucked, okay? This team is just messed up. And so this, they have to get worse. You know the saying, you have to, you know, things got to get worse before you get better. That's, that's the Texans organization right now. They have to tank. You know, in a couple years, maybe you can, you know, rework it out. But right now, Deshaun Deshaun Watson's only going to hurt you in the sense that you want to lose games. And this dude's a winner and he's going to go out there and win as many games as he possibly can, no matter, you know, what kind of team you put around him. And so it's it's time for the Texans and Deshaun Watson to part ways. And there's a there's a couple possible trade destinations. First one in my mind is the Carolina Panthers. Now there might be a little bias there, but I yeah, I'm gonna hold out hope that the Carolina Panthers can make this happen. They don't have a GM right now, but if they could somehow possibly trade for Deshaun Watson, it's you know not completely impossible. Teddy Bridgewater and a few other guys, but that's not what I want to talk about. Deshaun Watson would thrive in that offense. Joe Brady, a a gifted offensive mind who you know directed the most deadliest, you know, air raid we've ever seen in college has, you know, had some success in the NFL this past year. But Teddy Bridgewater isn't that gunslinger. He's not a guy that likes to throw the ball down the field. So you're really wasting amazing plays that Joe Brady's drawing up with Teddy Bridgewater. No slout, no, you know, shade to him, but he's not a Deshaun Watson. If you put Deshaun Watson on this team with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, with uh, Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. This team is, is you know, you can't stop that offense. They're like, they're comparable to the Chiefs. Now, obviously, they don't have a tight end. Obviously, you know, neither of those guys are Tyreek Hill, but this team would put a put up an, an immense amount of points that we've you know, we've never seen you know it would honestly be very comparable to the Chiefs offense and so that's why I would love to see Deshaun go to the Carolina Panthers another destination for him though is the Chicago Bears they passed up on him in 2017 drafted Mitchell Trubisky at number two overall obviously hasn't worked out I think they have enough capital. They can trade Nick Foles and, you know, a few draft picks. Obviously, that's what the Texans are going to be after in order to get Deshaun. Now, Deshaun on this team, like I said, when I was talking about the Washington football team, some teams are just a quarterback away. The Texans were a quarterback away when they drafted Deshaun, and that's why they had so much success once Deshaun came on. And then Bill O'Brien messed them up. I don't think the Bears would do that. No, I'm not a big fan of Matt Nagy. I don't think he, you know, could use Deshaun in the right ways necessarily. But I think Deshaun Watson 
if they franchise tag Allen Robinson, keep David Montgomery there, maybe beef up the offensive line a little bit. They don't have the best receivers, but they got receivers that Deshaun Watson could certainly make do. And I've talked about Darnell Mooney. I think he's a great, he was a steal in this last draft. And I think Deshaun Watson could really unlock his potential. And then you pair that with that defense of the Chicago Bears, they're immediate contenders. They made the playoffs this year with some god-awful quarterbacks. Let's get that straight. Mitchell Trubisky played much better than people expected him to in the you know second half of the season, but he did not play good NFL football by any means. I mean, come on. His best game was against the Texans, but other than that, he at least had an interception in every game and you know didn't make crazy throws that you were like, ooh, this guy's our guy. So Deshaun Watson really makes this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender because if you can make the playoff just on the strength of your defense, if you put a guy like Deshaun Watson, who is a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback NFL talent, this dude, this team is immediate contenders. And I, honestly, if Deshaun Watson goes here, if the Bears win the Super Bowl in 2022, I'm not shocked at all. I'll probably, you know, if it ends up happening, I'll probably predict the Bears to win it because I think he's that big of a difference maker. Another team, the Miami Dolphins, um, some stuff surfaced about this team, about Deshaun Watson, wanted to be traded here. And I think this might be the best trade destination for both organizations involved. Miami Dolphins, you no longer have the question of is two of the guy or not. You immediately get a guy who you know is 25 years old, is an amazing NFL talent, and that you have locked up for five years. He's your guy. There's no question. The Texans, who you're going into rebuild mode, you get a young, promising quarterback. You get the draft pick that I'm assuming that if they made this trade, that they'd get the draft pick that they traded to the Dolphins for Larry Tunzel. They'd get that back, maybe even more. You get that back. You can, t- you can then go rebuild your team, start immediately with a high draft pick, and which is what the Texans need. And so I could really see this benefiting both teams. If you're the Texans, you can draft whoever you want at number three overall. You already have your quarterback, at least you think, and it gives you enough time to figure out if Tua is your guy or not. And if he's not, you continue to lose games, and you can maybe go draft your guy later on. So I think that's a very win-win situation for the Dolphins and the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson would love to be in Brian Flores's you know, on his team, he's he's said that he's a big fan of what he's doing in Miami. And Miami is another team with a very strong defense that I think Deshaun Watson, if they got just one or two weapons on that offense, that Deshaun Watson could really make that team very dangerous. And then my last trade destination that I really, you know, the Carolina Panthers fan inside of me, says no I don't want this to happen not because you know the Panthers have anything against this team but because I want to see him go to Carolina but if he went here this team you want to talk about Super Bowl contention you'd basically be guaranteed a Super Bowl at with Deshaun Watson on this team and that is the San Francisco 49ers 
Deshaun Watson with the offensive gifted mind of Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, that rushing attack they have, that offense literally might possibly be better than the Chiefs offense. I know it's crazy to say, but I really do think that is a possibility. And then you stack that on top of that defense is so elite when they're healthy. There's nothing like them in the NFL when that defense is healthy. So I... You, I've talked about these other teams that I think Deshaun Watson could turn around. I think he makes the 49ers immediate Super Bowl favorites, immediate Super Bowl locks. Like you're guaranteed to win a Super Bowl within five years with Deshaun Watson on this team. Kyle Shanahan at the reins coaching them. This is the this is the 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 place I want to see Deshaun Watson go because I think he would have so much success and it'd be so good for his career. It'd be so good for everyone involved except the Texans, but you want to tank. You can get some draft picks, the Texans. I mean, the 49ers would likely have to give up multiple because they don't have that high of a draft pick. You could get Jimmy G, which is a big contract you're going to have to shoulder, but he's a quarterback that can tank some games you know we know Jimmy G is not the greatest quarterback in the world so you'll continue to get better draft picks that's it for today guys uh appreciate all of your listens sorry for the language mid-episode but you know I just really that's the only way I can describe the Houston Texans situation remember to follow on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and I will see you guys next time on the Blitz (laughs) 